Have you ever dreamt of living by the ocean, exploring a different culture, or leaping into the unknown of what feels like an abyss of an intuitive nudge? I love when I get these little pings that invite me to giving myself the space to explore possibility and adventure. Sean and I continue to meet our life with curiosity and making our dreams a reality. And one of those desires have been living Oceanside. This dream hasn't eluded us and we're both very aware that steps need to be taken in order to fulfill this. And whether or not that happens soon, it feels so great to connect with others that have explored this and made it their reality. What made them take the leap? What would they have learned in the process and more importantly about themselves and the world around them? Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to an adventurous couple who made this dream their reality. Not only that, but created an amazing business and brand that enhanced this chapter of their lives. Frank and Xanthi Appleyard of Osierra and Osierra Swim Club share their story with me. And I hope in tuning in, you will feel inspired to make your dreams a reality too. Anything is possible and they'll show us why. Here is our conversation. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to have Frank and Xanthi of Sierra on my podcast today. I stumble upon this beautiful couple in my own search for living abroad and just what that might be to take on as an adventure. So I reached out to them and they're here with me today. And I can't wait to learn all about how it unfolded and what they do. Welcome to the show, Frank and Xanthi. Thank you. So grateful to be here. Super excited for the conversation today. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. So Frank and Zanthi are joining me all the way from Tulum, Mexico. And tell me a bit about Sierra because I know that when I was searching for, I kind of Googled like how to live abroad and move from Canada, Vancouver, Canada, where we're from. And my partner, Sean, and I have always been curious about what that might look like. We do have a child, but he's still, you know, he's not in school yet. So I feel like we have a little bit more freedom to navigate this interest of ours. So you guys were the first that popped up on Google. So I'm like, oh my God, I have to learn from them. I want to know all about what they did. And I read a bit about your backstory. So tell me all about Osierra. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. I'm I'm so astonished that we came up so high on the Google search. I was like, okay, cool, there's some good SEO happening. But yeah, Osierra. I mean, throughout the time of us owning, so Osierra is the name of our creative agency primarily. That's how it started. Now it's sort of become the name of you know our brand, which is kind of many different things and many different things than it was when we first started as well. But ultimately we've been in, in, you know, in our business for about four and a half years now. And Osierra, it's interesting. It's like it, it, we began as ultimately a communications and creative agency gone through many different cycles of the type of businesses we work with, the type of work that we do, but we've sort of landed back in that space. So we are communication strategists, first and foremost. We specialize in messaging, marketing, and media. That's sort of the three M's is how we (laughs) phrase it. But what that means is like anything from like a brand messaging perspective, as well as we do design. So website design primarily, marketing, social media, marketing strategy, and online and offline marketing, actually. The offline piece is something that we consider sort of a specialization as well. And then media, which is anything from content creation, photography, and then also, you know, literal media and podcasts, PR, that kind of stuff. So that's sort of the agency overview. But then of course, Osierra is also our own like lifestyle brand, which kind of chronicles mine and Frank's adventures having moved from Canada to Tulum. We purchased a property here back in October, 2020. And then that property has now been branded as the Osierra Swim Club. And we use it as an Airbnb and hospitality brand as well. So those are sort of the current iterations of, exactly. uh, of the Osierra name. Exactly. Exactly. So did that answer the question? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. I, I should also mention to our listeners that you and Frank are married. Yes. So yeah. On top of all of the beautiful things you've created together in your business endeavors, what is it like to work together as a married couple and then live and breathe work and then live and breathe life outside of your business? And how do you maintain that balance of capitalizing on the success of both your relationship and the business? How indeed. <laughs> I mean, it's so, it's interesting because like when Santi and I first got together, it was like, 
six months later, we started Osierra and started working together. So basically, since our relationship started, we've always had this connection of work and working together. Like it's not, it's just something that came so naturally. So we didn't really have an experience of navigating life without working together. It's sort of felt like we always have, which I think has been so helpful in terms of getting over that roadblock of, oh my God, how do I do it? We've just always done it. I'll let Santi speak more to the balance part and uh, how that all works though, as I think she's a little more connected to, to some of that. Yeah. It's really interesting because, so even looking back at sort of the trajectory of our relationship as it connects to the business. And I think this speaks to just, you know, our, I don't know, our penchant for communication in general, but it's like, I remember when we first got together and we were starting to think about how we wanted our life to look. And we would always sort of define ourselves as big dreamers. Like, oh, we've got these big dreams. And now we like, in our language, we we rarely ever use that word because we consider it now we are like ideators, builders, vision, we vision and action things. It's not this sort of idea of this like far off plan. So I think we, but I think that, that, that inspiration, that creativity, that like visioning conversation, that really is how we create for ourselves, for our clients, for our life is something that was present in our relationship from day one. Right. So now we are in a completely different, you know, phase of life, but I feel like in terms of the way that we relate and the way that we connect with each other, that's always been the primary element. Even before we started the business, you know, six months pre, you know, of dating before that, we were working in sort of adjacent industries and we were still talking about creative and design and all these and travel and all these things, you know, over our dinner dates and stuff like that. So it's always been a huge part of the conversation. It's been a huge part of the way we connect with each other. Balance wise, I think we used to try <laughs> much harder to like find a way to balance yeah. it. To be honest, I feel like we, I don't know, we it now, I think because of the move as well, that was like a, a step where it was like, okay, like there's no difference between our, our business, our life, you know, where we live, where we work, where we, what we share with our community, that kind of stuff. I feel like we've become much more like literally open door, you know, like we literally allow people to come and stay in our space. We share our life with people. We want people to know kind of the ins and outs of our day so that they can envision themselves coming and doing the same. And I think we've sort of stopped trying to strive for this balance and instead made sure that every area of our life feels incredibly good to us. Mm-hmm. So even if we are working and needs to feel good to us. And even if we are, you know, maybe we're spending a a longer day than usual, we need to find a way to make it feel good to us. And that means as individuals and in the relationship as well. I love that so much. When I hear you speaking, what I hear is the importance of feeling good in life versus what it looks like on the outside of life. And I think as humans, that's something we get so caught up in is like making our life look a certain way, make our businesses look a certain way, reach that certain level within our companies or the jobs we do when really we've forgotten that super important aspect of how does it feel in your heart. So I love how Frank, you said you didn't know any different because you were already working together. And so there was already that foundational relationship of knowing how to work well together. And then Xanthi, what you were saying of how it feels good. It's like by trusting your gut and following your heart, everything else ensued. And there was no longer this effort in having to try to make something work because you first took care of your own needs and what was resonant to what felt good to you, which what a beautiful reminder and is probably like such meat and potatoes to your company and what makes it thrive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think as well, like from that perspective, it's not just, it's not just like a philosophy that we live by, but it's also the way that we work and the way that we create and and a huge piece of what we sort of offer and build alongside the, the people that we work with. And so as an aside, which I didn't mention before, but we also have a community, like a membership community. And the whole premise of the community is to design a business that feels like pleasure and to find what that like balance between work and play, or even just do the dance between work and play, because is there really balance? I don't think so. I think that there's always going to be a little bit more of one, a little bit more of the other, but you can find that rhythm and everyone's is going to be different, but we serve as an example that it's worth trying for, I think. Absolutely. Who is Sierra? Where does that come from? <laughs> I love that. It's such a good question. I get like so many DMs being like, hi, Sierra. <laughs> like, I get why. I'm like, okay. But Sierra is not a human being. In fact, oh. Sierra is not a person. Oh. Sierra, it's interesting. I mean, you can share. So Sierra, <laughs> like the word Sierra, it means a peak. Yeah, it's like a peak or a summit in the. Mm. Yeah, so often you'll find like mountains are named Sierras. Like there's, you know, Sierra Mountains, okay. Sierra Nevada, different like yeah. types of mountain ranges are named that, which is so wild because we chose it 
based on something completely different. But now that we actually live in a Spanish speaking country, it like makes so much more sense than even just like the visual of it, like this sort of like mountain and climbing and like always striving for something kind of a little bit higher is really interesting. But that's not why we named it that. And it, Frank can share this, the real story. It's not. This is actually going <laughs> back to those, like, those first six months of when Sampi and I were still dating. And O Sierra is the title of like, what we called our song, like just a song oh, I love that we really loved. It's by a band called Punchline, who are from Pittsburgh. It's a band that I listened to for years and years and years of my life. And it's just a song that sort of started to mean so much to us. And when we decided to start this little business one New Year's Eve in a hotel bar in Boston, we were sort of running through what should we call it? What the heck should it be? And this was sort of the one option that we kept coming back to of like, well, nothing's more meaningful than this. So let's run with it. And Mm -hmm. we did. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. I love that it all coalesces to something that inspired both of you in your work life and the story of your relationship. And one thing I love about the meaning of Sierra, how you're saying it's usually a mountain or the highest level or a high level to inspire. I was once meditating and I got a message from my guide saying like, look up the word spires. So I did. And spire means the pinnacle. It means the height. And so when you're inspiring and what I felt was inspired by your story and what you both do, it's so cool to hear that O Sierra actually has a bit of meaning in that also. So it just sounds and feels like you both are doing something that is so true to your hearts. And I feel like when you operate from that space, people come to you, like they are drawn to what you do because of an energetic frequency you put out to the world based on how you're putting out your business and the way you live your relationship. So what a beautiful thing to work and live in. Totally, totally. And I think it's one of those things too, where when someone asks, we don't get asked that often anymore, what the name of the business means, but I feel like when we first got started, it was always like one of those first questions people would ask us when we were on like, you know, a potential client call or something like that. But yeah, we would often be asked, you know, on like a potential client call, what the name of our business was. And it was always like such a really beautiful way to like ground back into the relationship and kind of remind people that like this business is born out of ultimately our connection. And we're inviting people Mm -hmm. into that sort of creative connected space. And I just love the opportunity to like, not just remind others, but remind ourselves of, you know, why we started this and sort of what the vision was from from then and what it looks like now. Yes. So I would love to hear a little bit more about the grit of Sierra and like what you guys have made up of it. And so you mentioned before at the start that you now have a membership in your company and I believe it's called The Table. Am I correct me if I'm wrong? I love that you've called it The Table, by the way. Tell us about this membership because I think it's such a beautiful offering. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it's interesting. Again, it was one of those things that I feel like when we finally decided we were going to do it, it was like so obvious. It was like, how has it taken this long? And I think we are huge believers in kind of continuing to invest in ourselves and in our business in that way. So we've been working with a business coach over the last couple of months and, and she had asked us like, what are kind of the main, main like pillars and values that you hold like the most close to you? And for us, it's like communication and community. And the community piece is something that has always been a huge part of the way that we have grown. Like we've been very, I would say there's been sort of a natural growth from us from just building community both locally and then as we moved globally. And so what we recognized, especially having moved to a new country, was that feeling of like locality and connection and being able to walk around and just say hello to somebody at a store because you recognize that and then they know who you are. Maybe you went to high school with their brother or whatever. That's like campus in life. But that feeling was really lost in the digital entrepreneurship space. And so as we kind of grew beyond just our local community, you know, because of physically leaving, we realized that we were really craving those connections and really craving that the inspiration, I think, that comes from having conversations with people without any necessarily like expected outcome. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to build this community and we have built this community where it's truly, we call it sort of a a global network for local community. And the goal is for it to bring people together in this online space, but to provide the opportunity for them to not only build their business in a way that feels amazing so that they can experience more offline life. Because I think that's ultimately when we think about the way that we experience 
work now is so plugged in that we often aren't making a lot of time to seek joy and pleasure in other spaces. And it's not to say you can't find those things online. I like love social media. I think there's so much good about it. But I also think that a lot of what we are looking for is actually ways to connect in the real world and whether that means back to ourselves or to others. And so the sort of vision for the table is to create a community where we can have these really honest, open productive conversations as business owners, but also leverage that piece of travel and that lifestyle and that digital sort of digital nomad thing that we do and have kind of fallen into and make it a space that can be, that can grow beyond just the online. So when we travel, you know, we plan to have meetups, have pop-up events. We've already seen people within the table connecting with each other on tips, places they should go, visiting each other, you know, things like that. So so for us, it was a really beautiful way to bring in the, the passion that we have for building and cultivating community and also just the need for community that exists in the online business space, but also to bring in a much more sort of hospitality-based approach, having conversations that are really about I didn't touch on this too much either, but before Frank and I started OCR, we both worked in the hospitality industry in different Mm -hmm. capacities. And so a lot of what we sort of teach our community and even just the experiences that we shape along with our clients is based in this hospitality premise. So that's why we call it the table, because it's about, you know, inviting people in together to gather, to share. And then we ourselves have sort of education that we release on a monthly basis within the table. That's all themed around our approach to business and our approach to life. So we create and share sort of this educational content, which is then supplemented by all the conversations and the connections that are built around that within the network. So yeah, I mean, it's, it, I feel like there's so many different layers to how it actually works, but it's been a really beautiful thing. We just launched it on April 1st. Mm-hmm. So we're in our second month now, and it's just been really incredible to see sort of the, the life that it takes on of its own as people connect and have conversations with each other. And then we sort of collaboratively can determine what is needed and what kind of things and resources people are looking for based on where they're at in that moment too, which is really cool. I love that. It sounds like you really consider integrating the voice of everybody in your community and anyone that dances around the idea of what your company does. And what I also love about what you said is that your business coach allowed you to focus on what the foundational pillars are of what was important to you. Because I think we all bypass that and it goes all the way back to the whole like focusing on what we want things to look like versus on how we want them to feel. And I feel like when we don't actually take that into account, it's so easy to create something hollow and we work from the outside in instead of from the inside out. And it just, I feel like that by considering your values, you've created such a great formula for everyone to be included. And what I was hearing you say too, is when you open up that conversation between your community, it's so great to give your people a voice too, because it's really considering the sum of all the parts of who come to Ociera and who takes part in that membership, who comes to the table. And what a beautiful symbol to attach to it because the table is the gathering space and it's such a space for connection and community. So absolutely. Thank you so much. That's so kind. Yeah. Of course. So I know that you guys moved over from Canada to Tulum. First, I'd love to know what part of Canada you came from and then what made you pick Tulum and what the heck was that like? Was it scary? Was it like, did it make your heart race fast in a really good way? Or were there moments of, oh crap, we can't turn back now. Like, what are we doing? Uh, were, so were you in the room for some of those conversations? Because that was probably how we encapsulated some I of them. Know. All the things. Okay, well, where are we from here? From Canada. We're from Hamilton, and now we're outside of Toronto, steel town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We were both born and raised there, but didn't like know each other growing up. Like yeah. born and kind of raised in different neighborhoods and different. We went to different schools and stuff, but still very much, yeah, understanding of that kind of community, the tight knit community that comes along with that. So it's it's like a city, but it definitely has like kind of a small town feel by way of everyone knowing each other and being very connected and all that. So yes, yeah, so we're from Hamilton, small town outside of Toronto, small city outside of Toronto. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably like a major city, I should say. It's like almost a million people now. Yes, it's okay. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So so from Hamilton originally, we were both born and raised there. We had lived there together up until we decided to move to Mexico. And the reason why, I don't know, Frank, can you speak to this? Like, why did we decide to move to Tulum? I mean, it's so funny because like I think we've been making these plans to like 
escape Hamilton. And we saw it as a bit of an escape and sort of a, it's time for, it's time for something new. It's time for something different. And Tulum was like not on the radar as we were talking about that. We had talked about like Vancouver was on the list, like Los Angeles was a dream and Toronto, just all of these sort of options of where can we go? Like what's going to be this source of inspiration and like the energy that we want in our life. And we went on vacation with a bunch of friends to Tulum and at the end of a week's tropical vacation, we came home and we're like, there is something special about this place that I think we need to explore a little more deeply. And we were home for what, a week? We had been home for like two days and we booked a flight back. Yeah. But the flight back was for a couple of weeks. Like we went back like a month later, but yeah. And then we went back just the two of us, however many months later, and spent a few more days in Tulum and thought, oh yeah, this place is really, really cool. And we were able to explore so many different parts of the town and like the beach life and just sort of get this more well-rounded, filled out perception of Tulum. And that was paired with like always having this dream of like, oh, have a vacation home someplace would be amazing. One day, one day. Wouldn't that be cool? One day. And of course, as you do, once you start thinking about that one day, you maybe email a realtor and ask for like, some listings in a place and if there's anything available thinking ah well we can at least like fuel some inspiration or get a sense of what's out there or what's possible and yeah sure enough you see a listing that you really decide you want to go and pursue (laughs) and then maybe you book a flight to go down to Tulum and actually go and look at it and a few other listings Yeah, but also, and I, I want to just like mention too, like it wasn't that we were like looking to escape Hamilton because of any like negative feelings no. about Hamilton. And I just, we love our Hamilton community. Yes. Our whole friends and family live there and so many incredible clients as well. But what we really saw, and I think this is actually kind of an important piece of the story is like, we really just knew that there was something else for us, like that it wasn't aligned with what we wanted, not because we weren't you know, engaging with things that were incredible, but just because, you know, when you enter a place and you just like have that like exhale where it's just like, mm-hmm. this is where yeah. I am. The interesting thing is that's not Tulum, to be honest. We love Tulum. We're so happy to own our home here, but really like our kind of center vision that always has been is to move to LA, to be in California. And right before... So right before kind of travel ended in 2020, mm-hmm. so this would be like February, yeah. we drove down, did a whole road trip all the way down to California mm-hmm. and spent some time there. We were there for about a month <laughs> and then we drove all the way back. And it was that trip that we were like hundred percent in our bones. We have to live near the ocean. We have to kind of seek out this feeling of that, that exhale and that feeling like a connection with where we live and not, and recognizing that you can love the people where you are. You can love the home that you're in, but there's an energy to the city. There's an energy to it, to a space, to the natural world, whatever it might be. And when you can find all those things in one place, I think that's just magic. So, so it was that trip to California that really sparked this idea of like, we need to start seriously considering what's next. Right. And so when Frank mentioned Vancouver, because that's Pacific and we were like, well, we're Canadians. Like that seems like California ish, like let's, let's try that. And so we were thinking West coast. And, and so this was all sort of through, through the summer, like early, early pandemic days through the summer. So we were kind of a lot of time on our hands to think about stuff. And so we started to, like Frank said, we started to get some listings sent from the realtors and it was, well, you know what? there was opportunities that were coming to us that we couldn't ignore. Like it was like, okay, I think we could actually buy this place. I think we actually could make this work. And then all the balls started rolling towards that. And that's when we started realizing like this destination brand and this opportunity to create a space and share a space and bring this idea. Because at that point, our business had grown to the point where we did have a global community. We were connecting with people all over the world on social media all the time. And the idea of being able to have like an anchoring space that we could share or invite or kind of just use as a jumping off point to bridge that online offline gap felt really compelling. And so that was sort of why we decided let's just jump and do it. And we thought when we purchased it, we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into, to be honest. We were like, okay, <laughs> let's just do it. And let's just see, because like, we were like, we're ready to, to try something different. We're ready to start saying yeah. yes. And like, see what happens. And did it feel like a huge mistake? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I remember literally like a week before we were leaving, I was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Because our home that we lived in in Hamilton was like one of those gems. Like, I'm like, I don't think that we'll ever be able to find such a perfect place for such a perfect price, but it was in the city that didn't feel right for us. Right. So we had to release that. And it was a lot of letting go. I literally, my entire life have lived in Hamilton. My parents are there, my best friends. I'm still close with all my high school friends. Like these are friendships of 30 years that I was deciding and choosing to leave. And it was really 
that's really challenging. That poses like a lot of internal, I think a lot of internal confusion. And so there was a lot of, a lot of fear, a lot of regret. And we got here and it was like, did not get better. It was like worse. I was like, oh my God, what is this place? Like the home itself, like Tulum itself is a beautiful, beautiful town. Like to be able to come here, you know, freely and spend time here. We love it. We adore it. But when we moved into our house, it was a total fixer upper to put it lightly. So we had to redo a lot of the interior and neither of us, well, myself for sure had never, I'd never lived in a home that was being renovated. Like my family home was like, my parents still live there. It's like untouched, you know, like, so we, I had never experienced that sort of like upheaval in that way, which, you know, is like my privilege to say that, but it was really quite interesting to, to navigate that element and being, you know, not only moving to a new city, knowing nobody and not really, you know, not knowing nobody. And then also at the same time, kind of having to readjust to new, everything, everything. new systems, new for everything. everything. Right. And then at the same time, being in a home that felt completely unknown and completely, you know, in shambles was wild. So there was a lot of, you know, excitement at making the choice and then coming and really having to be like, Oh, well, I have to take still this very this seriously <laughs> now. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And so, I mean, yeah, I don't know if that covers the question, but it was, there was a lot of challenges for sure. And now, you know, we own this place for almost two years, yeah. which is wild. Um, but we've like been living here on and off for like a year and a half. And now, and now, I mean, it's the best decision we've ever made for sure. Easily. Like it was the start of so much and it's only the beginning, I think in so many ways. My heart raced for you as you were speaking and like all the different notes of your story from the peaks of fear to like the exhale. And I love everything you said about that desire to feel attached to your surroundings. Cause I often say life is both and it's not either or. So you could both still honor and appreciate and love where you came from and desire to be further expanded and connected within the environment you choose to live in. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, did you guys keep your home in Ontario or did you have to sell it? Did you sell it and do a full body move? Like, yes, we're going to really like take this huge leap, sell the house, no bones to come home to other than, of course, you've got your family there. But I mean, I hear a lot of people do this and they'll keep their home as like an Airbnb and then do this. So I would love to know, was it like a Band-Aid rip and you went for it? We were renting our place. So we didn't really have the option of keeping it Oh, retaining it. And we like originally when we were mulling it, we were like, can we make it work? Like, can we make carrying the rent here make sense and keep place in Tulum? And it absolutely didn't make sense. So yeah, we gave up our beautiful dream home in Hamilton to, to make it work. Yeah. And I think that also speaks to like one thing about the decision as well as like we did purchase the property and we had thought for a while, maybe we'll just fly back and forth. Like maybe we'll still living in Hamilton, maybe we will like keep our apartment there and then we'll just come down, do the renos and then Airbnb it and leave it. But because of the state of travel at the time, we realized like, you know, the back and forth option isn't necessarily a a sure thing. There's some forced hand in saying like, let's just hundred percent go and make it work. But yeah, I think in retrospect, like I just, it wouldn't have made sense to do that. Like we were, we would have been holding on to things that weren't really serving us in in any kind of like deep, like it's serving us in a superficial way, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, yeah, so we released it. We got rid of pretty much all our stuff. We packed five suitcases and two little dogs and we just got on a plane and that's it. And I mean, we have some stuff in storage back home for sure. Like we don't, we like donated a bunch of furniture to my family cottage, like, you know, things like that. And Frank's got some stuff in storage at, you know, his family's place. But otherwise, like, I mean, we have no intention of returning there for a home base at this point. So yeah, it was a full leap. I commend both of you because even to do that amid a time when like travel was so unpredictable at the time. And so you couldn't have foreseen how it was going to land. And I feel like when we're making any decisions centered upon uncertainty, there's such a huge element of fear and you still stay true to yourself. So it's like you took the risk. And as a result, it wasn't a contraction. It was actually quite expansive. And from what I see you both glowing here, talking about your company, is that allowing yourselves to honor that also was really healthy decision for your company and your relationship and just living and breathing the ocean air in Tulum. Like, Tell me a little bit more about that. What is that community like? Because when Sean and I have explored this, I've got family in Hawaii and California is actually such a beautiful place to me too. Like I dream of Big Sur and Carmel. I find those places so beautiful and something about the trees and nature 
And then there's also the option of the island here, Vancouver Island, which is also so beautiful. But there's just something about getting in the ocean without having to wear like a wetsuit or, you know, having to wait till it's seasonally appropriate. But that resonates so much with me. And even as you were talking about it, I got goosebumps because I see so much of what's rooted in me and your story too, of that resonance with nature and the ocean. So I'd love to hear how your decision to Tulum has validated that feeling, that burning desire to be by the ocean. What's Tulum like? I've never even been there. Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) it's so interesting because it's like all these things I feel like weave into each other where like, even just having moved down here, we were then given the opportunity to go and stay in LA for a bit longer last year and kind of start thinking about what the next steps will be and and all those things. And now we, we have an appointment in June to get a a potentially our US visa, which could then open between the two. And again, like you just mentioned that expansiveness. And I feel like it's it's like just that one yes and that one leap has opened up the opportunity for so much more. But the ocean here <laughs> is the bomb. It's beautiful. It's it's so gorgeous. I mean, in terms of Tulum, the way that the layout of the community is, is there's a beach strip, which is very much when people go on holiday and stay at a hotel, they're on the beach strip, but it's not it's not like big commercial all-inclusive no. land. It's all very like boutique hotel, quite high end down by the beach road. Nobody really lives there. Like that's not residential. But so there's this long strip of beach where you can either do like beach clubs where there's often sort of like paid day access or minimum spend or things like that, or you stay at the hotel. And then you go on the opposite side and there's the public beach. And the public beach is so welcoming, so delicious. Like we <laughs> adore it. We it's adore it. We go, we watch the sunrise every Friday morning. That's like our rituals. So uh. We have to get it to the sunrise to watch on the beach every Friday, go to the beach on the weekends and the evenings, you know, as much as we can from our place where we live. So that's like the beach zone, but then there's also in town, which is about, you know, five to 10 minute drive, yep. kind of more inland. And we live right in the central town. And so for us to drive to the beach, it takes about eight minutes on a good traffic moment. (laughs) And so it's not like a whole ordeal to have to go down there. We can kind of just rip down and, you know, find a place to park and hop out and go, which is great. I would say like, it's never, you know, wildly busy. It's really, it's really, you can just post up with a towel running in and out of the ocean. Yeah. The water's warm all the time, of course. (laughs) <laughs> Depends who you ask, but for Canadians, it's warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's blue. Like it is turquoise blue. Like I've never seen a color like that before on a beach. Like it is, it is truly like quite, it's interesting. I've not now having lived here, like because I frequent the app Instagram and TikTok <laughs> and stuff, like I can recognize the Tulum beach in seconds. Like the color of the water, I'm like, I know that's where they are. Mm-hmm. And always like it's, it really is quite unique. So that's really special. And so, yeah, I mean, our relationship to the beach is a very positive one. We are very beach positive in this family. We love it. We also, though, at our at our, our own like home, have a big shared pool kind of thing. It's like a villa with a big, nice central pool. So we get some pool life going too. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, being close to the ocean is so special. And I think truly like, especially those Friday mornings, like I'll bring my journal down there. We'll sit there. We'll just breathe in the air, watch the sun come up, like, those are the moments like every single week that I'm like, holy shit, like we did this. Like we really like we're here. <laughs> that is so amazing. Like what what a beautiful reciprocation that is based on the decision you made. Like, oh, totally. my God. Like seeing that sunset from Mexico every Friday morning. Would you yeah. say that's like your favorite one of your favorite things? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, sure. it's definitely I'd say it's like one of my favorite anchoring rituals because it's so powerful in being like very present and in sort of in the space and being able to see like because even just where the beach is situated it's like jungle immediately behind you know sea and sun immediately in front sand under your feet like it's it's yeah 360 whereas I find like you know in in our home and in our day-to-day like we're still running a business right like it's easy to sort of forget where we are and we have to remind Mm -hmm. us we have to consciously be reminding ourselves and that's a big like one of the ways that we do that really for sure so do you foresee yourselves living in Tulum for some time to come then I I think we foresee ourselves being back and forth in Tulum for Mm -hmm. a long time but I don't think we foresee it being our full-time home for the foreseeable future. Yeah, we love we love being able to come. We we have been you know building community here. Mm-hmm. I feel like you know every couple of days it feels like we're getting a little bit more ingrained, a little bit more connected with people, and that's really special. And we wouldn't want to give that up. And we love 
We love, I mean, yeah, so many people that we've met that we love and there's so much about it that is really special and it's special to see other people come and connect and interact with it as well. And I think for us being that we have such a hospitality spirit, we will always want to be able to share homes and we are, you know, actively looking for ways to potentially partner with other businesses or other, you know, potential investors to create more spaces like this and be able to share more. And we would definitely look into Loom still, you know, we would expand to other areas of Mexico as well, but we love to be able to have the option to kind of create and curate a space that can be shared. But at the end of the day, we can't do that and live there because, you know, no one can come here when we're here. (laughs) Logistically speaking. So we, and it's been a long time, you know, at this point now it's been almost, it's been two years pretty much since we've had a real like a real home that we can leave our stuff in, yep. you know, like, because when it's an Airbnb, we have to pack everything up. Like we don't live here and take our stuff with right. us in a car and a suitcase or whatever. And there's no, we don't, we don't have, you know, an alternative. We don't have another place that is, is actually ours at this point. So mm-hmm. we would love to find those routes and hopefully, you know, we'll figure out what's going on with our US visas and that will sort of shed some light on what the next steps could be, but things are pretty open-ended right now, which I think that's really what we love is like when we, as long as we have a a space here, we always have the option and that's a door that we'd love to keep open. Yeah. It sounds like you both really do well on the dot, dot, dot. Like there's no (laughs) white knuckling to like, it has to be this way. And I think that's such a beautiful way to live because you kind of live in this state of surrender and let life decide for you. And I feel like when we're more present versus in that state of perfection, so many more doors open and that we get to be aware of them because we are so present. I'd love to know how the community in Tulum and just having that be your surroundings has enhanced your business. Has it added a lot of value to OCR? Do you feel like you've been deeply inspired by the people of Tulum or just by being close to the ocean in general? Such a good question. You know, I think ultimately what, and this is my answer, I think Frank's would be different too. We both kind of create from different places. I think one thing huge for me is having space, like having, you know, physical space, but also like space from space for like, oddly, this sounds straight. I'm such an extrovert, but it's like having space between social interactions, having space in my calendar, like that's where I create the best. And so I think that actually in creating so much physical distance from my very tight knit social group actually allowed me to recognize and get so much more comfortable with myself and what it was like to be alone and what I needed to create from that place. So I think just that the act of moving was huge in terms of changing the way I create and the way I get inspired. But then at the same time too, again, like you said, we do really well in the dot, dot, dot. And I think opening up that (laughs) that space for uncertainty actually allowed us to make a lot of other decisions that have inspired us tenfold, like just small little trips that we've taken time spent in LA. As I mentioned, we went to Mexico city a couple of months ago, like all these very expansive trips, even having moved down here, we, we started working with a remote team Mm -hmm. of designers within our agency. And then we went to New York to meet them in person. So all these different things that have come from, like, I don't know necessarily that it's from exactly where we are, in the world, but it's from the decision that we made to get here. And it's opened up so many different, so many different avenues for creativity, I think. And even just being in a space, like being in a place physical, like our home, as well as just like surroundings that are so incredibly beautiful. Like I can't not be taking photos, be taking videos, be constantly absorbing the surroundings. And that's how I create. Right. So for me, having access to those things is, is now you know, pretty much a non-negotiable, but it's even just, you know, the beach and the nature. And I think like, you know, I'll, I'll argue that like, there's a lot of within the culture of, of not necessarily specifically Tulum, but what we know to be the culture of where we live at the moment in Tulum is a change of pace, right? Like understanding that you have to wait a little longer for something, or you're going to have sand in your car a hundred percent of the time. Like those little things that we allow to get under our skin when we're sort of living in this very buttoned up society aren't really valued here in the same way. And so that has been really refreshing Mm -hmm. to release some of those things and to be able to feel like we can let our hair down a little bit and just as simple as it, as it sounds, but, you know, fussing about the type of car we drive, it's like, do not need to worry about that at all. Like, yeah. can, can it go over the giant holes in the road? Because if so, Super. it's the best car for us, yeah. like, you know? So just like things like that. And I think just those perspective shifts and those mindset shifts that have allowed us to just really recognize what is important and what we value as people and as creators, and then be able to translate that to the people who we work with too. Right. And I think 
we can be the eyes and ears of people who don't have the opportunity to travel or, you know, who aren't spending time in a, in a place like this, even something so, you know, interesting as we can pick up a product from somebody and photograph it on the beach in the middle of winter, you know, Canadians don't have that option. Right. And so it's just finding different ways to use our surroundings to our advantage from a business perspective. But I think it's about the lifestyle that really changes things the most. For yeah. sure. I think for me, it was in making this move down to Tulum, this big move, every other thing that we sort of think about doing or like ponder on a client's behalf, like what's possible, it all seems so possible. We have really answered the ultimate, why not? And like, we went through, we did the thing. So now when we talk to clients who are like struggling with an issue or trying to work through a problem, we sort of see the potential for this big answer or this big solution because it doesn't seem that big anymore. It's like, well, yeah, of course you can. Why not? So I think that's really shaped and framed a lot of how we work now in terms of seeing endless possibilities, more alternatives and not feeling yeah. so limited in terms of, oh, well, that's crazy. You definitely, you couldn't possibly do that. You can. Yeah. Like there's no playing small anymore. Like that's yeah. not, it's not an option. I feel yeah. like for us and for, you know, the people who connect with us either. I love both of your answers because the thing that came to my mind as you both were speaking is that we have been conditioned in a culture that is always on. And so it's really hard to keep up with that when your body is telling you something different. And if we're always in overdrive and stress, it's really hard to think in that why not mode because we're often operating from that lower brain frequency where we're on survival mode and like we're on that do, 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 get it done, achieve, achieve mentality. And actually listening to both of your stories of being in Tulum and being in that space of slowing down and a slower pace flow of life actually allows you to dream bigger. It's almost as if you've freed up so much energetic space to be more creative and just suspend any judgment attached to like having the need to make your car look a certain way or like having to materialistically have certain things to fit in. And it, I love that you've been able to integrate that part of the culture there. And it's it's amplified both of your way of living in life in general, which is like, what a gift. That's so sacred. Absolutely. It's been Absolutely. very cool. It's been very cool to like experience it and see it in each other. It's just, it's neat. Yeah. I haven't vacuumed our car in like ever. I used to vacuum our <laughs> car all the time. Like a major like clean. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That just sounds, it sounds so freeing. Like I love that there's sand in your car every day. I think that's great. I would love to know a little bit more about the process that it took for you guys to move over to Tulum. Cause I know you were saying, I love the part. I think it was you, Frank, that said you just make that call to a realtor. And then you, and you were saying that two weeks into your return upon the first trip, you went back like the following month for two weeks in that two week period when you did go back, was that when you looked at potential places? No, we didn't uh, really look at potential places until after that point. It was after that second trip when we started like connecting with the realtor and we had a friend who like has a place in Mexico as well. He was like, oh, I'll send you our realtor's mm. email address. Like, okay, sure. And that was when the things sort of started lining up and coming together. But it was really, it was that second trip down that made us start thinking about it more concretely. The first trip, it was still just sort of a vacation land to us. Right. Then you did come and look at the properties. Well, yeah, I did come later once we'd already looked at some of the listings. And this was like first flight during the pandemic to come down in July. Yeah. July of 2020 to come down and look at some things that were available. And there was this one place in particular, which is the place that we're currently sitting in that we just thought we knew and we'd only seen the photos and we'd like talked to the realtor, but we had a bit of a feeling about it. I came down and looked at it, scoped it all out and looked at, I think, three other places. And this was head and shoulders above everything else, despite mm -hmm. aesthetically being head and shoulders below <laughs> everything else. But it just, it felt like the place. And I can't really describe that in terms of like, I think probably everyone else who looked at the listing photos instantly clicked away because the walls were orange and yellow and it looked kind of dark. Right. The moment you like open the door and walk in, you just start seeing so much potential. And it's, I don't know, it felt very good from the first moment. As to the actual process of buying this place, it moves so quickly. It's like, we, yeah, we put in an offer, we negotiated said offer, then they accepted it. And then all of a sudden you're, you're off to the races, just like you would be anywhere else. The only real difference in Mexico at the start is everything is very lawyer heavy. 
instead of working yeah. with like a realtor, you're going to be working with a lawyer to really guide you through the process and make everything possible. There is a separate process for non-Mexicans to purchase property within a certain number of miles of either the coast or the border. So you have to sort of navigate through that. But again, your lawyer is there to help you and to navigate through that process with you. Honestly, the biggest thing in terms of the actual process of buying is it takes time. The idea of doing like a 14-day close or a 30-day close just sort of gets laughed at <laughs> because when we're talking to our lawyer, like, oh, what's a reasonable close? And she says, I don't know, it might be 60 days, it might be 90, it might be 120, we'll see wow. what happens. And that's sort of your initial introduction into, okay, we're going to see what happens. Well, it's kind of funny because it's like, you said, oh, it happens so quickly, but then it takes, it's like, well, a, hurry, it it's like a hurry up and yeah. wait kind of thing. It's like, you yeah. get everything really quickly, but then you do have to wait. And I don't know if maybe it was taking a bit longer as well, just because of like pandemic, you know, stuff. Yeah. But I remember we, we genuinely did not know if we would be able to come and live here. Like if the house would be closed by the date that we had booked our flight and we booked our flight, like only like two weeks before we were going to come down. So it yeah. wasn't like we had like, we had given a lot of like time and we still were like, who knows, like we might be staying in Airbnb for a month. Like we really didn't know. So, but we did end up getting the keys on the day we were supposed to, and that was all fine. But yeah, it was a good lesson. It was a good lesson. That sounds so interesting. And would you say that the way you show up in that dot, 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 and the big why not. And the way you approach that is the same way you approach your projects with Ocero with that big space of like, what can't you do? Like we could do anything. And would you say absolutely. it's helped I mean, capitalize on that? I think absolutely. And I, and I think as well, like, I mean, you can speak to that maybe a little bit more, but from the possibility place. Oh, you want me to speak to it right now? <laughs> I just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's like I was saying before, I mean, it's absolutely about the, of course it's possible. And I think that our clients see that in us before they even come and start talking to us of there's the everyday thinking of like, oh, you need this. I can produce that for you. I can give you exactly what you've asked, but we don't really just take what we're given and find the obvious answer for it. We'll start sort of, our minds will meander a little bit too, but what if you did this? Oh, but what if you, what if you sort of thought a little bit bigger, like in terms of how you're approaching a brand, a store, a product, a launch, whatever it is that you're offering. And I mean, like you, you talk about the dot, dot, dot. And I think that's absolutely it is clients. I feel like will come to us with sort of the dot, 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 and then we'll pick up the ball and we can roll with it after that. Yeah. And I think it's important as well. It's not when, when Frank says, Oh, what, what's something that we could do bigger? It's not, I think it's more from the perspective of like, what could we be doing different? And I think that's a big, big piece because we work in strategy, right? It's not the designs are a product, but the strategy is the process. And that's really what is our biggest differentiator is the way we approach the strategy. And from the strategy perspective, it's like a no formula zone, you know, like it's like, there's no yeah. one do everything. Like you can do things your way. And we truly believe that in any, any, any space, whether it's, you know, I think we get so ingrained that in digital media, digital marketing, especially yeah. that there's one way to please the algorithm. There's one way to show up on social media. And we completely disagree with that. And we completely like kind of issue that like entire concept in favor of just doing something a that's different but also that feels aligned and that's a huge piece of it and i think because we ourselves are living a life where we are doing something that's you know against the grain by most standards i would say most standards from from who we have connected with and known through our life right like mm -hmm. you know from what maybe our family expected of us or things like that we're doing things differently and so we know that there's no like big bad uh oh on the other side of it like you can just keep rolling and so we feel that we bring a bit of that sort of bravery to the table, I think, and encouraging people like, well, what if you did it differently? Let's just try, right? And what if you did something that felt really good to you instead of something that you've been told you need to do or you should be doing? And that's, you know, how we make decisions for ourselves. So that's how we make decisions for our clients or how we, we encourage them to come to decisions for themselves, right? So that's a big piece of it. And then I think when it comes to just general design, creativity, all of that, it's about being flexible, right? Being able to be in a new space and be able to sort of hit the ground running to explore. I think that's like, it's an interesting metaphor, but travel is a big part of that. It's like when we arrive in a new place, it's like our first instinct is like, let's just take it all in. Let's just absorb it. Like, let's not try and make it be anything other than what it is. Let's just absorb it. 
And then we can start to make, you know, come to conclusions about it once we've truly experienced and immersed ourselves in it. And that's how we operate in a business perspective as well, right? It's like we take everything in, we listen to our clients, we have, a, you know, a very in-depth kind of gathering process. And we consider that to be like, we are just immersing at that stage. We are just listening and hearing and absorbing. And then we can start to reflect. And then we can start to think, okay, well, what about this? Or those kinds of things. And then on the same scale, we have perspective of multiple different places of traveling, of being in different countries, being in different cities. And we can sort of start to position people in a space that they might not have even seen yet. And there's so many different types of businesses, ideas, concepts. And I think no matter where you are in the world, people approach marketing and people approach, you know, just general kind of community and creativity in different ways. And so the more places we can go and be and absorb those things, the more different ideas we're going to be able to bring to the table compared to what the people that we're working with may have already been exposed to. But more often than not, we actually attract people who do travel and who already have that mindset and who know the expansiveness of those experiences. And they want to make sure that we can kind of meet them there. So that's been really special as well. Yeah, it must add so much value to their experience too, having been seen through your eyes that both of you are living that experience. So I love what you said about standing out and being different because often the modalities that have inspired me are the ones that aren't following the algorithms. They're honoring what's out there and they're taking it from a different approach. And one thing I love is that it sounds like you stand out because you're doing something different than what all the other businesses in that niche are doing. And so that's that's something that's so valuable because I'm in the, the coaching industry. I'm also a hairstylist and there's so many ways you can show up on media. And look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the things that are all the same, but it's just really hard to stand out when you're trying to fit a what feels like a cookie cutter mold of what everyone else is doing. So I think that's a beautiful element that you both honor the uniqueness of each individual client that crosses your path because your creativity is going to channel through you as unique as your fingerprint. And unless you're working with components that are open to that reception, then it's really hard to recognize that when you're so busy trying to fit in with everybody else. So I love that because that definitely makes you both unique. So as I wrap up our conversation, which I've loved so much, I would love to know what Frank and Xanthi, what you're both the most proud of about your journey thus far within Osierra and taking this move. You know, it's so funny. I keep just coming back to this statement, which you said, which was we do well in the dot, dot, dot. And I think that what's really important to recognize is like, that's not our nature. And I'm very proud that we've been able to kind of acknowledge and navigate how difficult it has been in order to get to a place where it feels like our nature, because it's truly how we've been able to do and create everything that we have. And so being able to lean into that uncertainty and feel so much trust in the journey and so much trust in each other and in ourselves, that's huge for me. Like trust in so many ways has always been a big challenge for me and and sort of self-trust and you know, believing that I kind of have what it takes and that I truly can access the things that I feel like, you know, I'm worthy of has always been a big hurdle for me, I think, through through my life in so many different ways. And it's shown up in so many different ways. And so for me to look back and say like, wow, there's so much that I feel like, you know, a version of myself five years ago would have been like, as if, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so I feel so proud to be able to say like, I think it's interesting, right? You hear a lot of people say, you know, you're so lucky. And so it's like, I think for me, I'm proud to be able to know like hundred percent. I'm so grateful. There's so much privilege that's allowed us to be and do what we have. But at the same time as well, like I feel proud to have navigated the, the difficult pieces. Like it's, it's really those moments of being like, of really wanting to give up and wanting to go home and wanting to like sell this place and buy it, you know, a completely you know, cookie cutter condo somewhere because it would have been the easier choice and being able to know that now look at what we have because we just pushed through those moments. I think that's a huge sense of pride for me. Yeah. I think for me, it's like, I look back at sort of my life trajectory up until a few years ago. And I I was very much raised along like the traditional path of you will do well in high school, you will go to university, you will get a job, it will have a pension, it will have three weeks of vacation per year, and that's going to be your life. And it 
kind of was my trajectory for a while. I think I'm proud because in this sense of making this move, it's just coloring outside of the lines so much compared to like how I was raised and skewing so far away from that path because it's what felt right. And I mean, I've always been so drawn to the idea of like living in the Caribbean and following that path down to like go live on an island. And this is admittedly not that and quite different, but I've always been drawn to it. And I didn't really want to wait until I was 65 to buy the retirement second home down here and then do it. So being able to break away from that prescribed path and actually do the thing. Yeah. I'm really proud that we, that we did it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are such beautiful, vulnerable shares. And I just want to acknowledge both of you for sharing them and for living it because by living it and giving yourselves permission to explore that color outside the lines, dream big, live in the dot, 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 the why not? It's like you also give others permission to dream big. And I feel like even in having this conversation, I just feel like, gosh, I feel so much more expanded and inspired to pursue this desire that Sean and I have to live near the ocean. Also to expand my podcast. I think I need to have a conversation with both of you after this, (laughs) but I think it's so beautiful, the work you're doing in the world. And speaking to this podcast is all about navigating our comfort zones and going beyond the struggle, even when it does get hard, because that's usually the point when people do give up. So I love what you said. And it sounds like you really let life cook you and you really took those elements and came out even stronger and tenderized the hardened edges of yourself from five years ago that may not have thought that you could do this and look at both of you now. And it's so awesome. So the last question I have before I ask how everyone can reach you is just what do you wish that you both could have told each other two years ago when this may have felt like a fuck no? to other Canadians or people that are exploring taking a potential life-changing leap into the dot, dot, dot. (laughs) There's been so many like lessons on so many different scales because like not only have we kind of moved down here and changed like our life, but our business has also changed so much. And there's so many things we could not have anticipated that have happened. So it's like, oh my God, like I would have been like, look out. But (laughs) not really. I think like one thing that comes to mind for me, to be honest, is that like, It's not complicated, but we make it that way. And I really think that everybody can kind of ground in that is it's like when you can make something as complicated as you believe it to be, Mm -hmm. or you can trust and it really is a lot simpler than it feels most of the time, whether that's a solution, a decision, anything. I would just say Friday morning sunrises at the beach (laughs) are possible. You can do it. If that's something that you're craving, there is absolutely a way. And like Santi said, you might make it more complicated in your mind about the barriers to doing it. But no, Friday morning, watch a sunrise over the ocean. And it's a thing that you can absolutely do. I love that. I'm definitely going to anchor into that vision of the Friday morning sunrise, just the any morning sunrise by the ocean. And Xanthi, what you said too, about how we can complicate things as much or as little as we want to reminds me of how we all have this proclivity to live in the story we tell ourselves. So do we want to tell ourselves something that's expansive or do we want to tell us something that's going to keep us in a small safe, but predictable space, but could feel like a contraction. So I love both of your advice and your morsels of wisdom through your lived experience. And I appreciate both of you so much. And I would love to know how anybody can find you if they wanted to get in touch with you about your Tulum adventure or your business or anything in between. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. First of all, I feel like this has been really just a beautiful conversation and a good, I don't know, again, it's like such a beautiful reminder to, to know that we, like you asked, what are we most proud of? And I'm just saying, I'm like, it's the feeling that you shared having felt, having talked to us. Like, I'm so proud that we can inspire that in other people. So thank you for giving us the opportunity for sure. us the space to share more about it. So where can you find out about us? So we are Osierra. Our website is osierra.ca nice and easy. Our Instagram is at Osierra Creative. And that's definitely where you will find us showing up and sharing the most. Very active on Instagram and newly TikTok as well. <laughs> on TikTok, you can find us as the Appleyards. And that's more of sort of like lifestyle behind the scenes stuff. And then we have our swim club. So our physical location here in Tulum is at 
OCR Swim Club <laughs> on Instagram. On Instagram. And then you'll find it on our website as well. Yeah. And if you are ever interested in chatting with us, reaching out to us for you know inquiries regarding moving to Mexico or to chat business, anything like that, you can find us through email at inquire at ocra.ca. And we're both very open to conversation on this stuff. So please, you know, on Instagram, you can send a DM anytime. It's always me that'll see it. I love chatting and sharing about our experience in Mexico. We do have the creative community as well, which is an amazing resource, especially if you are just looking for a space of creatives all over the world to sort of bounce ideas off of and get inspired by. But otherwise, yeah, you'll find us online or in Tulum if you're ever in town. (laughs) Drop us a line. We'd love to go for a cocktail. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on. And I so look forward to how the dot, dot, dot unfolds for both of you. And I'll be following along your journey. Thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to Frank and Zanthi's adventurous story. What a beautiful reminder it is to gift ourselves that permission slip to live in the dot, dot, dot and the why not of possibility. I definitely felt expanded after speaking with Osierra and those beautiful ocean sunsets can just be a decision away from making our dreams come true. Maybe yours as well. Don't forget to connect with Osierra and if you're ever in Tulum, check out their swim club. Next time on High Tide, I have a hearty conversation with an inspiring woman, Tracy Spencer. If you've ever wondered what it would feel like to explore the reclamation of your essence, your light work, your healing and your sovereignty, then Tracy is your girl. I can't wait to share our conversation. And until then, I hope you each have a nourishing day wherever this finds you. I love you and thank you.